Hey everybody, welcome to the 30th episode. Wow, the 30th episode of the Intellectual Podcast. This is the second part of the Megan Hayes uh, discussion. And it's it's hilarious. Um, I said before, and if you listen to part one, Megan Hayes is an absolute riot to spend time with and hang out with. And we had so much fun. The interview went way, way past an hour. So here's the second part. In this part, we talk about everything from uh, being in theater, which is something that uh, Megan and Brian and myself all share as a common experience, um, to uh, falling down on stage and the perils of lighting a pale-skinned woman, which is something that Megan gets to experience often. Um, We talk about how much fun she had wearing a onesie on Hunger Games Catching Fire, and uh, we, of course, talk a little bit about what it's like to be uh, around Jennifer Lawrence, and, um, you know, she's just so, she's such a cool person. Um, she, she spends a lot of time working with a, a couple of charities, um, Blessing in a Backpack, which is amazing, and she's also the ambassador for another charity called Planet.Eco. And she talks at great length with, about both of those. Um, and then there's a huge chunk of this episode that is literally her talking with us about the never-ending hilarity that is the fart. Yeah, you were, you heard it. Um, farts are funny. And uh, we also talk about uh, the fart's slightly less funny cousin, uh, the burp. So sit back, uh, grab yourself a, a, a cold drink. And enjoy this incredibly funny and totally cool discussion with Megan Hayes on the 30th episode of the Intellectual Podcast. Boy, I gotta like try and remember to tell people to keep quiet in the background when I record these things. You're listening to the Intellectual Network at theintellectual.com. And now, The Intellectual Podcast. Yeah, we go way back. (laughs) I love that. So you guys have been in college, right? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, the first time I met Brian, he was just a voice on a headset. In the theater department. Yeah, I was working on Ice Fishing in America, right? The play. And... uh, I had taken a semester Or the ice fishing play. What's your favorite? Oh, so did you guys both do plays? Yeah, we did plays. What's your favorite play you've ever worked on? I've ever worked on? Uh Uh-huh. Hmm. Or musical. Arcadia. Oh, that's a good one. Tom Stoppard, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Nice. uh, In 99, maybe 2000, I lived in uh, San Diego. We did it at North Coast Repertory Theater. And it it was... Right, it was new, it was fresh, and it was ridiculous. Yeah, that's that Tom Stoppard is so smart. Because uh, I yeah. do, I do the lighting and the sound, and, stuff mm-hmm, like that. and mm-hmm. I was the uh, the master electrician. So this hand was my lighting hand, and this hand was my sound hand. So oh God, so you do it at all? Oh so my God, I'm, they're like go cue for lighting, go sound. Calling your I own cues. Like, I had like three t- uh, CD players. Two tape, the actual tape decks, and this would have to go, and then this one would have to go, and then I'd have to fade over to that speaker. And oh my god, that's awesome! Button, and it was just like crazy all night. 
That's so whole, good. I should have said a whole run was crazy, but that was my favorite. That's okay. a good show. I remember I, I, when I, I had a play that I wrote that was produced in New York and like someone as a, jo- a joke found, I guess it's, it might have been the New Yorker. I can't remember what magazine that uh, it had the top 10 things you don't want warnings. You don't want to see when you go into a theater, like, you know, the warning, this play contains, you know, gunshots or whatever. One of them was warning. Tom Stoppard found this play confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Another one was like, uh, warning, There's this play contains nudity and by the person you would last want to see naked. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so like all stuff like that was great. That's hilarious. But the Tom Stafford one was my favorite one. <laughs> Found this play confusing. <laughs> my, my favorite play that I worked on was a high school. We did Noises Off. Oh, I, I did that. I love that show. Who yeah. were you? Uh, I, I was in charge of uh, the set <gasps> and the props. Oh, God, that must have been um, fun. And you got a revolving set, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah, well, well we... That's what you do, right? It's my all, high usually school, always revolving. My high school, the theater was a theater in the round. And what they've done is just basically taken the walls out of four classrooms and turned these four classrooms into a theater in the round. So the stage was just the normal floor, but it was the middle of these four rooms. And then the seating was three quarters of the way around that. Right. And then the teacher's desk in the backstage was behind a drape. <clears throat> and we're doing noises off in a one... God. One story theater. That so show is to, so good. We had to figure out how to make a second story on the set, and then have to figure out how to make it all turn. And I had this crew like nine nine people. I recruited a bunch of guys from the <clears throat> from the soccer team and the football team, and we literally had to push these yeah. these pieces of set with no wheels, no track. Oh or my anything, god, no track on nothing? a carpeted stage and oh my fling god. all three all three pieces of set around. And then, Did you have like a half hour intermission? <laughs> well, what ended up happening back in an hour, is, kids. is we played music and because there's no there was no curtain to hide the stage. Right. So at the two intermissions where the set flips around yep. and the props are all changed, everybody just sat and watched us work. That's kind of cool, though. And so we had this whole like it was kind of like the Benny Hill music, you know, we had that going while we were all doing the job, you know, and every night I was trying to get us to get it done faster. And so like right. you know, it was like sitting there and just cracking the whip and trying to get everybody to go. So that that was for me one of the most challenging and one of the most entertaining and fun yeah. things I've done in the theater. And we got to do our own curtain call at the end of the show every oh, night. Oh nice. And we got standing O's every night. Oh, because you did an really awesome cool. curtain call. That's yeah. awesome. And there was like 400 props that had to come of off course, and on. Of course, that show is know. so difficult, yeah. technically. And we had amazing actors in my high school. Those kids pulled off that show like I wouldn't have it, even dreamed. And it really is hard, a hard show, but it is when it's done well, it is so funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. I did and it. And the movie is awesome. I, you know, like, I've never did, seen the movie. Did, did, did they do a good job? Yeah, John Christopher Ritter, Reeve, John Ritter. Carol Burnett, Nicolette Sheridan. Yeah, yeah, it's it's you should watch it. Yeah, I will. I will. That was the part I played. Because it's very Vicky, the yeah. one who's in her underwear, that was me. Yeah. I, that's why it's funny. And in, in Atlanta, I uh, at least once a year appear in a play in my underwear, which is a great way mm-hmm. to stay in shape. Because if you're gonna have, you know, you're like, well, here, here it comes. Here's that one time. So yeah, yeah. You're like, oh. Sorry, I'm a little lost now. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying not to look at your eyes for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but noises off is like, I think one of the funniest farces ever. Oh, I love that. And lend me a tenor, which I did too, which I love. You seen that one? Mm-hmm. Let me see. Oh my god, that one is so funny. Yeah. I can't. That might be. I did that. Um, couple years ago that might be one of my favorite it's in my top five mm-hmm. for sure plays i've ever done 
Brian also worked at the Old Globe Theater in San Diego for for a while. Oh, how was that? And he worked on Romeo and Juliet, starring Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, was he amazing? uh, He's wonderful. When I first came out in 98, um, I was doing theater stuff. And so I decided that's what brought me out here was Dave. He's like, dude, come out here. Theater opportunities are great. So I'm like, okay. Came out, called, didn't even like send a resume or anything. Called up the Old Globe Theater. Yeah, can I speak to the technical director? They're like, yeah, we got Texas Greg. Yeah, hi, my name's Brian. I'm uh, new to the area. Uh, I like theater. Um, can I come work for you? And they were like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, okay, sure. Uh, send us over, you know, your resume. Um, I'm like, okay. So I sent him a resume. And then like that afternoon, he called me and said, oh, we, you want to work in the shop? It only pays, you know, like this much an hour. And you're basically be doing grunt work, but it'll get you a start. And I'm like, yeah. sure. So within like a week later, I was starting in the shop. It's awesome. And I was literally a brace. I mean, I held stuff while guys did stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're talking like full-blown building stages. Like huge, yeah. yeah. working on the Grinch Stole Christmas. The Grinch Stole Christmas, um, the first time they did that, that which had a, for a theatrical play, I, I mean, this was way out of my league, but um, haven't ever done anything this size. The set budget was like $1.5 Holy crap. For a play. And so, oh my god! Yeah, and I remember we did. Like, wow! I just am like, we got two hundred dollars. Like, like Dallas, <laughs> we got a Dallas Buyers Club situation on our hands for set. Two hundred fifty dollars, two hundred fifty bucks, and some cornstarch from Matthew McConaughey's p- cupboard. <laughs> make, sure you, make sure you save all those screws when we take that flat down. Yeah, yeah. but that that was a that was an interesting situation. I was there about six months, um, and it was it was. It was so advanced for what I was doing. Yeah. I mean, especially for the shop work. It's so cool, that. though. But That's yeah, a great. That, that theater has such an amazing uh, reputation. That in La Jolla down there, the playhouse yeah, down there. Yeah. 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 I was really proud of Brian when he went down there to work. That's awesome. <laughs> just, just like, hey, can I have a job? Sure, here you go. I love that you just called the guy. Because, you know, you make that joke, like, yeah, I'll get on the phone and call the guy. And he totally did, and he got a job. That's am Yeah, I'm going to call the guy. Well, I keep telling a lot of my friends, because they're like, man, there's no work out there. I can't find any work. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing to find your job? Well, I've got my resume up on Monster, and I, I've posted here, and I've posted that. And I'm like, have you gone and knocked on any doors? Or mm, maybe any? that's what I need to they're do. They're like, no. And I'm like, go knock on somebody's door, for crying out loud. What are you doing? Like... Okay. Everybody can send an email. Should I know. knock on Genji Cohen's door? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, what's no. the worst that happens? Nefarious like, plan. You know, that's already and it's already <laughs> already planted seed of nefarious plan. Um, hey, Miss Cohen, <laughs> you don't know me, but I know you. <laughs> yeah. So your your charity. Um, Blessings in a backpack, is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I'm also an ambassador uh, ambassador for Planet.eco as well. So, tell us about that. Uh, that's um, basically they're trying trying to you know like the dot orgs, the dot coms. They're trying they're starting a dot eco, which is um, any companies uh, that are uh, have a dot eco, you can know that they are. Um, environmentally friendly which is really cool it's gonna it makes things searching for things so much easier if you know you want an environmentally friendly company done that's all you got to do do you see um tim cook the ceo of apple did you see what he he said at the recent shareholders no no um somebody from one of these like conservative think tank groups that's an investor in apple um was asking him about all their green initiatives you know because they're building solar panels on the new campus and they go to apple goes to great lengths to try and get the green standards on everything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the guy's like 
we shouldn't be spending so much money on all this green stuff. And, you know, if it doesn't meet the bottom line, money shouldn't be devoted to it. And Tim Cook looked at him and said, uh, at Apple, we do things that are right, whether it costs us money or makes us money or not. And if uh, if all you're interested in is profit margins and you're not worried about doing what's right, then this is not the stock for you. And I suggest you get out. Oh, that's great. Well, I mean, <laughs> when I, you heard when you I heard you talking about what the guy said, I would be like, I'm sorry, but the bottom line should be the earth. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's going to be here long after us. Please, let's not poop on it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a great it's they're wonderful um, that gal uh, that Nicole is amazing. And yeah. Yeah. So basically, it's like, hey, get on board if you, you need to find it's a great way to find if you want to find eco friendly places. It's the best, awesome way. Like I do, um, there's a gnarly whale is this uh, vegan uh, beauty product. Uh, they're amazing. Like I've I, heard of that. They're awesome. I I actually got a gift of their um, like hair thing in um, like a hair product. Their Beach Waves it, at the gifting suite when I went to the Golden Globes, and I was like so in love with it. That and then they sent me a bunch of stuff. But like they're very you know vegan. All their products are vegan. All, all no animal testing. And I think that's just amazing. And it's. For me, to me, that's important to find, to, to know the sources of where, you know, where, you know, and, and then you have to pass, in order to become a dot eco, you have to, you know, have, there's certain standards and, you know, you can't just say, hey, oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm eco-friendly, don't pay no attention to, like, everything behind the clerk curtain, you know, so, <laughs> yeah, you have to yeah, have certain, sta- there's certain standards to be able to qualify for it. And and what like was that, that website? It's planet.eco. Planet.eco. But basically, it's like get be, you can be be a dot eco, like mm-hmm. a, as opposed to a dot com or a dot org. That way, if you if you're searching for a, anything, if you see that it's a dot eco, you can be like, oh well, they're environmentally environmentally friendly. Awesome, perfect. I'm going to hire them, please, for the thing that I need stuff cool. that I want. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was so eloquent. Planet dot eco is going to be like stuff, Megan. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And then like blessing- I talked about you, jeez, gosh. <laughs> no, they're actually well. The two charities that they're I like, work. Well, you put on the elegant voice for umami. <laughs> I know, right? Umami burger. Um, but no, the two charities that I do work with are really easy. like they're. I'm in. I'm with them because I believe in them. It's not mm-hmm. like hey, just check it out and check me out. Like blessings in a backpack is awesome. I went. Um, Last month and next week, uh, I'm trying to go once a month until the end of the school year. But um, do you guys – did we talk about this at the – We talked a little bit at the red carpet. So basically the whole premise that like a lot of kids, um, elementary school students, like their last meal on Friday at the cafeteria at their school is their last meal for the weekend, which is like horrible. You know, So what Blessings in a Backpack does is they provide the backpack – um, and then they, they, you know, on a Friday they go and the kids will go and they pick up their food for the weekend. So they're fed for the weekend. And since That's it's, so great. it's amazing. Like I can't even, and I, like, I cannot even begin to tell you like the, I just went to the one school, the Normandy school, which is, um, here down in LA and, um, just from top to bottom from like Brooke Weisman, the uh, CEO, but to everyone, all the volunteers that I worked with that the two days that I helped pack and distribute. Um, they, everybody is so nice and like all they want is just to help the kids and it's just to be able, and that's a no brainer, like feeding kids who are like, no one should be hungry, especially kids. And the whole, all the, you know, the, all the statistics are showing that the kids with blessings in a backpack is helping their test scores are improving. Their health is improving. And I mean, it's kind of amazing. Like you should be fed. That's a bottom line. Like I said to Brooke, I was the, I was like, you know, 
the Hunger Games, like hunger should only happen in the movies and that's it. The best part too was <laughs> when I went to, um, you know, the Wednesday I went, we, we, did, we packed everything. And then um, Friday, you know, I handed out everything to all the kids and um, two kids – Maybe three, at least two kids were like, are you Katniss? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not. No, but I helped her survive. I did. If it wasn't for me, well, her bestie would be dead, okay? Right. <laughs> if it, but if, if it wasn't for a lot of people, who are we kidding? PETA gets saved by so many people. <laughs> oh, here's a question about your character. What was your character's name? The Morphling. Did she didn't have a name. Okay. I mean, I, I like. You came up with oh no, I came up with an. I came up oh, with it. I came. I came up. I came up with a name. Hey y'all. I done came up with a name. I came up with a name all by myself, y'all. <laughs> yeah, no, I named her myself. Like I named her Deirdre. So, but okay. um, Deirdre. Yeah, well, it means sorrow, and I. I actually knew a Deirdre when we were in Waco. Um, I actually knew a Deirdre and, that I went to elementary school with, and she was born on April Fool's Day. Oh no! Best. No, I that would if I ever get married, I want to get married on April Fool's Day. Oh, yeah. Yes. You're a lot of fun. And how, at the reception, <laughs> this is what I want. Don't tell anybody who's listening. At the reception, I want to put whoopee cushions under all the under all the all seats, so when everybody sits, it makes a big fart noise. <laughs> awesome. Is that That's mature? So no. Awesome. Megan, will you marry me? Yes, yes, I will. Can we have? Um, can we register at Toys R Us for Star Wars action figures? Oh hell yes. Yes. <laughs> the more you talk, the more it sounds like a perfect idea. <laughs> It was seriously, wouldn't that be great? Like whoopee cushions? I'm kind of spoiling it, spoiling it, but maybe people will forget by the time. We'll just, we'll just beep over those sections in this. Could you imagine though, like sitting down at a wedding reception and being like, that would be so. I can just picture 300 people all sitting at the same time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because farts are always funny. Always. Always funny. I laugh. They're not funny. Even in the bathroom. In the in the men's room where it's okay, they're still funny. They're still hilarious, yeah. And do- dog <laughs> parts are really funny. Like, dude, like, what is going on over there? Yeah, they're always funny, and dog parts are funny too. <laughs> My you, remember, you remember Dave Walbaum in, in Waco? Mm-hmm. His little beagle. He'd just walk in a room, he'd look at you, and he'd walk out. About twenty seconds later, he'd be like, oh, dude. "Oh, the the ones that clear a room, yeah." My roommate has a boxer, and we have a stairs in our apartment. And like, there'll be times when she'll walk up, like every stair is like, "It's like my mom." Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's the best fart story ever. My dad died, and yeah, we're yeah. at the viewing. And everybody's crying, and it's very emotional, and it's super sad. And my parents have been divorced for about 20 years at this point. But right. they, they they had finally come to a point where they were friends again. Oh, that's good. A couple years before he passed. And so everyone's crying. We're all in the back of the viewing room, and we're watching this slideshow that I had put together, that Brian had put together. And we're all kind of quietly sobbing together. And my mom walks up to my dad's casket, I believe with her brother in tow, and they're doing whatever they're doing up there and my mom's like oh Mick why why and she bends down to give him a kiss on the forehead and just rips the loudest no fart you've ever heard <laughs> she's had to lean up against the casket in an otherwise quiet room oh. you know with, with just ooh, ooh. you hear that going on in corners of the room and then all of a sudden you hear 
No. And my mom goes, oh. Three seconds of dead oh, silence in the room, and then everybody's laughing. See, that's like the universe handing you a little like levity gap. The funeral director's like, "Well, this is a lively crowd." <laughs> oh my god, how could you not laugh? How could you not? I was like, my dad would have loved that. It would have been like right up his alley. He would have been like perfect. And that's and, right. And it was perfect that it was my mother that did that. Oh my god, because she used to do the Dutch oven to him. <laughs> no, she did not. Oh yeah, all the time. I remember oh hearing god. from my bedroom. Oh damn it, Lona. <laughs> <laughs> Dutch ovens are kind of hilarious. Oh, so funny. But disgusting, but hilarious. I mean, like, I wouldn't want to be the recipient of a Dutch oven. And actually, you know, the other day, or maybe sometime in the last month, I can't remember where I was, but someone said something about a Dutch oven, and I went, who doesn't love a Dutch oven? And I was kidding, and they all, everyone in the room turned and looked at me like, what is wrong with you? Always funny. They're always funny. (laughs) Always. My favorite, too, is when dogs, my roommate's dog will do this too like when like they'll fart but then they'll have to like sniff their butt to make sure like was that me <laughs> was that me like hey well who oh that yep that was i'm just checking just making sure that was me yep that was me did y- y'all see another dog go by i did that i did that <laughs> my, my favorite is always when you ask someone you're like did you fart you're like uh no that wasn't me no that takes them a few seconds like you know? <laughs> Hi, why would it take you? Like, you wouldn't you know? Do you not have control of your bowels to know that that was you? His, his four-year-old, uh, who I adore, my, my nephew Sean, just uh, he's the cutest kid on the planet, but his farts are starting to smell really bad. Oh, And he's well, enjoying yeah. farting. Oh, yeah, that's never he's a little boy. good. He's a boy. He's a little boy, and he's enjoying farting. And he does it to his mom every time she goes to pick him up. Oh, my God. And I love that when you can do that. I can't do that noise. I can't can't do it. I love it. You need bigger lips. Do you? (laughs) I am. Well, not a fart, but I have a good burping story. Would you like to hear? And it's not the same as a farting story. Burps are not quite as funny. No, no, they're not. But they're still funny. But they still are funny. So I um, was, I'm not good at eating before performing. So I try not to. I usually eat after. Um, and so, but uh, I was doing the show back in Atlanta and we had, you know, matinee and an eat two show days. So uh, my friend came to see it and she's like, hey, let's go to Applebee's for dinner. And I'm like, okay, in between shows. So I go and I eat like a Caesar salad. I'm trying to eat light. I'm trying to be conscientious. It still proves up, proves disastrous because they're in the <laughs> second show. In the first scene I'm in, my boyfriend proposes to me and he opens up the ring and I'm open, opens up the box and I'm supposed to go, oh, and he goes, so you like it. Okay, so that night, he opens up the box, and instead of me going, oh, a burp unfurled from my mouth. And, like, the look on his face, he was like, so you Is that a yes? like it? Like, <laughs> and then he and I, like, started to die laughing. Like, there's nothing else you can do but just, I mean, go with it. It was, oh, my God. Yeah. So I can't, I cannot eat before. I get too nervous. Nope. So funny. Inevitably, I will, and also on set, it's funny. Inevitably, after lunch or dinner, I will be up next for some <laughs> Always. Like, I'll be like, as soon as the meal is over, they're like, Megan, we need you to set to act your hardest right now <laughs> with a full stomach. Don't die. You know, like, so, 
<laughs> Even so, if I so try when, to plan it. So when you have to do an underwear scene, do you just like not eat for like a week? <laughs> no, I mean, I do. Well, yes. No, I, I do. Um, I don't. I mean, I, I eat after the show usually. I'm usually like ravenous after the play, which doesn't isn't conducive for good eating habits to eat late at no, night. No, but, but it it's, sounds really sexy. It's uh, Yeah. Let's go like eat a big plate of pasta, right? Yeah. Oh, goodness. She's ravenous. I'm ravenous after a play for, for food. But yeah. Because, yeah, because you usually work, I mean, I work up like a giant appetite. Like, because yeah. you burn so, like, it's such a, an mm-hmm. adrenaline Especially rush. Especially you more, yeah. Exactly. Well, I was telling you, I acted in that play, <laughs> Accidental, Accidental Death of an Anarchist at Baylor. Um, I wore a three-piece suit through the whole play. I put on all that weight, and I sweat through the entire oh. suit every night, all the way to the jacket. The oh, yeah. jacket was just soaking wet. It was the funniest thing. A couple nights, they videotaped, and you could watch the back of my jacket go from a normal brown to almost looking black oh. like every night every mm. single night I have, I've, I'm a, I've done that I and saw. one night my mustache flew off that was oh my that god that's I, good I had a little Hitler mustache glued on oh and it fell and off and I'm in the middle of like being all pissed off it's like the climax of the, of the play and I'm cha- I'm I'm handcuffed to this like coat rack and I'm like you son of a bitch blah 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 poof <laughs> oh my god did you die laughing it flying off at the audience and I stare at it and as it goes down <laughs> And I look up at the audience, and luckily this is the type of play where you talk to the audience and, and stuff, so right. you know you break the fourth oh, wall. Perfect, so it wasn't perfect. too bad. And I looked at the thing, and I looked at the audience, and I turned to the character I was screaming at, and I'm like, "You pissed me off so much, my mustache has flown off," and the whole place just oh, that's broke great. Up laughing. <laughs> it was so much fun. Stage, I, mis- I think stage mistakes are usually amazing. They're always fun to watch. I remember I did a show. Um, in Atlanta, where it was like a series of vignettes, it was a Jew- there was a theater company called Jewish Theater of the South. They're no more, but um, so there this and we all played different characters. And this one guy was Santa Claus in one uh, one scene, and in the very next scene, he was like uh, a Jew. Well, he played a Jewish guy with like a you know a tall the tallest and a yarmulke and everything like it's an Orthodox mm-hmm, I think scene mm-hmm. in an Orthodox temple. Well, one night during the show, he forgot he forgot to take off his Santa Claus pants. <laughs> Oh, no. And he came on stage as Santa Claus from the waist down, oh. and like Orthodox Jew from the waist up. <laughs> and I was the first person to see it, and I, like, he heard me laughing because he had to sit like in front of me, like four feet. And he said he was like, I was so paranoid. I'm like, is she laughing about me? That's how neurotic I was. But then I looked down, and I'm like, oh no, oh. she is laughing at me <laughs> because and, and it's I, legitimate. I am a walking blasphemy right now. Yeah. <laughs> Hoy, hoy, hoy. Oh my hoy. god, exactly. Hoy, hoy, hoy. Oh my god. With the Santa pants on. Oh god, it was great. It was one of my favorite moments ever. Oh, it's hilarious. I love I love watching mistakes on stage. It's really kind of amazing. It, well, I think I think a lot of people go to the theater hoping that something like that happens. Right. You know. Absolutely. I mean, live anything. You're all, you know, we like watching people fall on their face. I mean it's just it's just truth, right? Yeah. yeah. It's on videos, you know? Yeah. Wiffle ball back to the grind is like the funniest thing ever. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it sounds horrible. No matter how many times watching, they show that on watching, that show. Right, watching, true, true. Oh, yeah. I've tr- I've fallen down on stage. I was in a production of Hair in New York, and like, I did all this acro. I was one of the dancers, and I did all this acrobatic, crazy stuff, and then I had to like walk down stage and introduce myself and walk off, and I face planted. I'm like, hey, I'm Cecilia, and well, I like. You know who else has done that? Your girl Jennifer Lawrence. Oh my God, she's. <laughs> did you guys twice now? 
Yeah, she fell coming out of the car. She also fell down on set one day too. It was oh. so hilarious. And like it was um when we were shooting um the with Stanley Tucci, the interviews, mm-hmm. and she came up. Well, you said she comes up that really steep ramp, but that ramp was, I think, really slick. When we're all standing up high watching the action down below, and one take, she um, comes in in that huge ball, like wedding gown, mm-hmm. and just we. It looked like it was slow motion. She like fell down face first. Her hand went like that, and then because it was a ramp, she like slid down the ramp. <laughs> And we were all like, but everybody was like, <gasps> and then of course she was a laughing her ass off because oh, I love what the she footage does. of her falling out of the car at the at the Academy Awards. Oh, like, I love because she's totally like clawing the, the, the girl in front because that's what you do. And that woman is like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, it's kind of great. I love that she, Ellen called her out on it when she got in too. Oh, she did the it in the show. That. Yeah, oh. the whole opening monologue. Oh, that's right, right, right. She, she was start, like, oh she's yeah. Like, oh, and, and Jennifer. You, we won't talk about you falling down last year. You know, right. It's embarrassing. Yeah. She fell down last year. Yeah, no, that like, was hilarious. She also fell down coming out of the car. Yeah. We'll show it. No, we won't show it. That's right. I thought you meant she had. She was calling her out about grabbing the girl in front of her because that was pretty great. She did fall down last yeah. year. Yeah. Did you see those at, what was it like the I volunteer his trip? <laughs> and then like it's her falling, like not the whole, whole tribute. So, I, it's just I volunteer his trip. And then it's like her falling. So <laughs> yeah. I love that though, because I'm like I'm such a clumsy person by nature. I fall down all the time. I spill food on myself. I went to an audition a couple months ago. I had like water drooled on myself, and I walk in like drool down my shirt. I'm like, so that kind of she gives me like you know gives me hope that clumsiness can can be adorable rather than tragic and lonely. <laughs> Because <laughs> I do, I'm super clumsy, and all the I fall down all the time. So, am I clumsy? No. No. Is anybody in our? Laura's clumsy. <laughs> it's an actress thing. Maybe. Is it? Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, as as techs, we always used to joke around that the the talent couldn't be left alone in the dark backstage because they were sure to fall down. Okay, that's accurate. <laughs> That's why you have to glow tape the shit out of everything. And even still, I'm even like, still, where's the glow tape? Recharge no one, that glow no tape. It's charged, too dim. No one charged it tonight. I can't see. Yeah, it's pretty much accurate. That's why I've never not understood, like, not being nice to crew because, like, they own your life. You know, they are responsible for your life. Well, and I, and I always tell my actresses, I'm like, whoever your DP is. Flirt like crazy with your DP because your DP is the person who's going to make you look amazing on screen or, or terrible. Not on oh screen. yeah! And if your DP is in love with you, you're going to look amazing. Flirt with the DP. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, speaking of which, when I did Shop Plus One, I, we were getting my close up, and uh, the DP who did um, who did uh, was the DP for the Master. Also, um, he comes up to me and he's like, just like like this close to me, and he's like just staring at me and staring at me, and I'm like thinking to myself, he, he needs another light because they always have to extra light me because I'm so fair. I'm like, in five seconds, he's going to call for another light. And then then wouldn't you know, he's like, I need a blah, blah, blah. And like, if they bring another light, I just look at him and I'm like, everybody has to extra light me because <laughs> I'm so pale. Yeah. <laughs> so That's hilarious. Did you guys see that movie? No. I said it was fun. It was horror. Do you like horror movies? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. A, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. doesn't, so I don't Yeah. 
I played a crackhead in it, a meth addict, so that was fun. My second Hunger Games and this movie, I was my second drug addict, that two drug addicts last year. I kind of hope that's my new like niche. Hey, if know. I played drug addict, I'd be pretty happy playing drug addicts the rest of my life. You could do worse. <laughs> it's so much fun. I mean, it's so fun. Well, you were saying you, you like getting done down. Yes. <laughs> yes. I remember like we had in the makeup trailer, they had all our headshots up. And I remember V. Neal went over to um, who's like the coolest lady ever. The makeup artists for Hunger Games, Nicoletta and V were just like amazing. So she goes over and has to get something out of the cabinet that my picture is behind. And she just looks at my headshot for a second and she's like, Megan you're so pretty what are we doing to you and I'm like I know and then the big joke was like every time they make me look terrible I would always say oh my god this is like the best day ever <laughs> so B would start saying like best day ever you know oh and the track oh I they don't you didn't see them in the movie but I, they painted like these elaborate track marks on my like Requiem for a Dream <laughs> nasty track marks and then oh this is a good story I uh they, they were waterproof, you know, so they were like, hey, are you – and it took, you know, about an hour and a half to do. And they were like, hey, are you um, going anywhere or doing any – going out for anything in the next few nights? I'm like, no, no, no problem. They're like, well, do you mind keeping – because and all we have to do is touch them up. And I said, that is no problem at all. Okay, so I remember except for one day and I go to Publix, which is a shopping grocery, <laughs> grocery store. So I go to the grocery store. And I remember I had a short sleeve shirt on because all of a sudden it was a you know, warm day in Atlanta because that's what happens. And I'd forgotten I had track marks on my arms and I reach over to grab a bunch of grapes and I look over and there is a man with his daughter like shielding her and like looking at me in horror. And I can't even like stop to, I just ran away. I was like, oh. I wanted to Which be like, made you look even more even like worse. That. Like I was like lifting the grapes. I wanted to be like, junkies eat too. Or maybe actually they don't really because that's the point. <laughs> but yeah, I had like, I was so embarrassed. I was like, I can't even explain myself out of this. Oh, the I life of the, an actress uh, is great. At uh, Comic Con last year, I watched uh, Face Off. Do you watch? Oh my god, amazing! I love that show. And so I was at Comic Con last year, and uh, first I, I didn't go up to any celebrities or anything like that for any pictures, except for Glenn. And I saw him on like we'll say like nice. Thursday. And walked up to him like, can I get a picture with you? And yeah, you did. And then the next day, him and V were waiting for a bus outside. And I walked up to him. And I felt bad because I went up. And I'm like, V, can I get a picture with you? And I look over and Glenn's standing next to him. I'm like, I already have a picture of you. <laughs> yes. And she's like, like okay. hell, to hell with you, man. Yeah, I got a picture of you. Dude, V is like, well, and Nicoletta. They were like, uh, I just love those ladies so much. And they were just, they're so good at what they do. And oh, God. They would play classic rock when, uh, in, the, in, the tr in the trailer, and oh, we had so much because I was oh, and that was the thing is it took forever for me to die. I remember, <laughs> I remember like uh, oh, it took a month because you know I for whatever reason and like every, towards the end there like I would walk in and because it took forever to do my makeup and I'd walk in and V would be like really. And I remember just one day I walked in and she looked in and she was like, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that woman with all my heart. She's, um, they're amazing. She said, there's, I mean, that she did Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh my God. Yeah. All that incredible stuff. I have to say, I was kind of hoping that they would get nominated for, I would have gotten nominated for makeup for Catching Fire or word costume too. I was surprised about both of those, but. What can you what do? Are you gonna do? What are you going to do? It's a lot of choices. Every there year. are so many choices, but, and I guess I'm slightly biased because, yeah. One last question. Yes, what sir. What was the jumpsuit like? Was it comfortable? Was it 
Not comfortable. Well, it's a onesie. <laughs> you know who looks good in a onesie? Babies. Babies. That is it. <laughs> Babies and Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> like, like, I was yeah, like, are yeah, you kidding me? Right. I was like, I can't with this. Well, it was really, um, no, it was super comfortable. And they were, it was, yeah. And I had a special one. Like, I had the normal black one that everybody wore. And then when I came, they had painted one. Like, they took a picture of a banyan tree and painted the, the outfit to match the banyan. Then had my own, I had my own uh, jumpsuit with, that was banyan tree camouflage. And then they painted me to match mm-hmm. the, the outfit. <laughs> I was watching it with my cousin Eric. He's like, what was it? Was it was it a girl there? I know it's crazy. Yeah, you know it's funny. The timing of that was like really challenging. Um, to like like I had to like open my eyes, see, and go. Like it was you know broken down mm-hmm. to like three very specific moments that I had to hit fast, but you know yeah, very precisely. Very precisely. Yeah. Um, but it was yeah no, it was really comfortable. I do remember though going for uh, my first wardrobe fitting, where um. They uh, they put me in a unitard, like a black unitard. So I look like I'm this like Martha Graham wannabe <laughs> modern dancer. And oh, and by the way, this is I know exactly. I'm like welcome hey. to Sprockets. And, and totally, I'm totally Sprockets. And also, by the way, I'm maybe like two weeks into the diet, so nothing has shrunk except my boobs. It's the first thing to go when you lose weight. So You're like sad. and everything. I'd already lost like an inch, and I'm like, are you kidding me? When they were measuring me, and so. <laughs> But the best was what I didn't lo- like. There was also two weeks or like a week where I because I had to report my weight loss every week, and there was a week where I didn't lose any weight, and I just remember like crying and being like, I I don't I'm never gonna make it. Like, I hate you, Hunger Games. I'm never gonna make out with my bell. Like sobbing on the scale, so which is not fun. But um, so that yeah, I'm in a unitard, looking like a Martha Graham dancer, reject, and um, they measure like every inch of me, and they're like, okay. That's would be great for your, your, um, I was like, oh, so this is your unitard. I can't remember what they called it. Not unitard, but not jumper. I can't remember exactly what they first called it before we even saw what it was. Cause you know, everything was so, it was top secret even to us for a minute. Right. And, um, I was like, oh, so is that the, um, is that the costume that I'm going to wear underneath my costume? And she's like, no, no, that is going to be your costume. I'm like, oh, Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> but we all wore it together. I know they were super comfortable, super, super comfortable. Flattering? Not so much. Not so much, but comfortable, yes. Well, nothing about your role in that was no, flattering no. From, a, from a look standpoint. No, that's what I loved about it. So again, <laughs> I loved it. See, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, God, this, like when I get the reaping, I don't know if you can see, but I know I've got, you see the circles under my eyes, but mm-hmm. like they paint like a giant old cold sore on my mouth. It was awesome. <laughs> It was so good. Yeah. And I had jacked up teeth. Yeah. It my was cousin, great. My cousin's like, that, that's who you're interviewing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. His first response was, she doesn't say anything in the movie. I'm like, well, she whimpers and dies, yeah. which is pretty cool. And he's like, tell me she doesn't look like that in real life. I'm she like, does. No, no. Exactly like that. God bless her heart. It's very. She only gets a couple of roles a decade, but those roles are epic. <laughs> She's going to be Pensatucky. Like, see, that's why I want to be Pensatucky, right? <laughs> Pensatucky needs a bestie, a new bestie. She's going to live, right? She has to live. <laughs> she's going to. I looked on IMDb and she, she's in 24 episodes, it says. Right? You don't know? We don't know. Mm-hmm. 
if if she dies, you can't trust anything on IMDb. You can't. No, you can't. Well, if she dies, though, it's Piper not as reliable is in, as Wikipedia these days. I know that's true. But if she dies, Piper is in so much trouble. <laughs> like she's going away for good, for to jail for life, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, not. But maybe they're like, hey, we're gonna be on. We're going to be aired forever, so yeah. <laughs> let's, let's throw away for life right now. So. I just saw a show that was – Big Bang Theory was just re-upped for three more seasons. Seriously? Eight, nine, and ten. That's I awesome. Love that show. It's a good one. Uh, they keep finding usually, new ways to be I funny. I think it's amazing because usually it seems like after seven, that's kind of like the kiss. That's like – that's pretty much the end. Seven it's rare that like they the, make it past seven. Yeah, but some like, do. Friends yeah. did. How yeah. I Met Your Mother's in its tenth season. Is it? Yeah. I, I, Friends, Friends made it through ten seasons. It was yeah. great. Sitcoms, I think, have a better chance of ten seasons than hour longs do. Well, I don't know. You got what NCI, not NCIS, but CSI. CSI. And all the NCIS, and, I think, is in their like eighth season, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. yeah. And uh, a Law and Order. Law I and mean, Order. That's the one. I was yeah. Thinking. Yeah, Law and Order just kind of went on and on and on and on and on and on. And on. I yeah. guess procedurals. But the only way that that works though is they is they they cycle out characters. Yeah. You know, like Grey's Anatomy. Oh, true. There's so many I mean, new people on it so now. There's so many new people on it now. And, like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Michelle Yeoh. She's um, Christina Yang. She's she's leaving the show at the end of this mm-hmm. season. So, you know, the, that's that's how those shows continue on. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about TV? You you, you looking to get into TV? Oh, I You're would writing love... writing a pilot. That's, I mean, I'd love to be in TV. That's kind of... Yeah, that would be ideal. Just be, like, a series regular on something would be awesome have a steady job for a little while yeah or just i like the to me tv is like the the perfect to be a series regular or recurring would be like the i would think i could be wrong but would be like the perfect blend of theater and film because you're playing the same character but it's not the same Mm storyline you know but like but in theater you're playing the same character every night so you get to like kind of mine that aspect and that perspective but you, but in you get the best of both worlds because then you have different situations every week. I think that'd be you awesome. Really, you really get to get into a character. Yeah, and and different storylines, different arcs, and I, it's fun to see what um, <clears throat> characters change. At, you know, say, it seems like so many char- uh, actors that you talk to that are in a series for a long period of time. That yes, it's the writers that created the series and stuff, but after so long. It's the actor that brings a lot of the stuff to the character and, and goes to the actors and says, or goes to the writers. The, the writers and, start writing to them. Right. The right. Or, exactly. Or if you like have the luxury of having brilliant writers, you're like, I can't wait to see what happens. I mean, obviously, depending on the show you're on, that could, you know, this, what is it? The Sopranos. Everyone was like every other week. all like, oh, well, I'm done yeah. you know, because I'm dead now. Like at the table read, they would find out or something. Lost was the same way. Yeah. But like, I mean, I, but it's great to see how characters evolve. Like, I don't know if you guys do Downton Abbey, but, uh, you know, Edith's character on Downton Abbey is, like, really transformed. and, uh, and Or even um, the guy, uh, Healy, on one on Orange is the New Black, the, mm-hmm. was he not the warden. Was, he's not the warden, but he's the... No, he's one of the guards. But to see that um, that turn for him to be very milk toast at the beginning and then very, uh, God, just awful at the end. It's yeah. kind of dark, and I'd be so excited to see where things go. Um this is why we have to have a part two because we need to discuss House of Cards because there is a twist. The opening was pretty big deal from what I've read. <laughs> the, oh, the first episode of the second season? Yeah. Oh, it's gigantic. Yeah. But and it's so you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Or like I loved watching um, 
not to not that I'm not like slightly in love with the guy who plays Peter Russo because I kind of am, but like he, his whole journey is like from cleaning up, like from being a you know the drug addict to cleaning up and trying to you know fly right, and then those relapse, and then oh, it's, it's just such a great arc. I just think, and then being able to do that under the realm of like one character, yeah. If it was a great story, I think that I think that'd be awesome. I mean, I love doing all of it, really, um, and I haven't done. I haven't, I've never done anything recurring on television. I've just been, you know, a, a guest star. Well, no, that's not true. I was a series regular on an adult swim show, and that was so fun. Which show was that? Uh, the Restless Bell. Okay. It was about, uh, we did four episodes. It was about um, seniors in high school, all played by inappropriately aged people. <laughs> So I was Pepper Stokes, the slutty valedictorian, (laughs) whose mom was a hooker. So, yeah. So she and she like didn't want to like live the path of her mom. So she (laughs) became valedictorian, but then almost gets kicked out for caught smoking pot and trouble, (laughs) trouble ensues. But, um, uh, you know, other than that, I haven't really done anything that's like recurring. But I, to me, it seems like it would be the best blend of theater and film. Mm-hmm. But I, I honestly, I love doing all of it. People ask me if I, which I prefer. And I, to me, it's less about the medium and more about like the story and the character I get to play. Mm-hmm. And so I, it doesn't, cause there's wonderful things about everything. Like theater's wonderful because you're, you got the, that whole. It's like instant gratification with the audience. Right. Or, or loneliness. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember, like me, there's nothing worse than doing a farce and that night that no one laughs. And you're like the 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 afternoon matinee for the blue hairs. Yeah, yeah, the lonely, lonely day. But you know, at the same time, it's such yeah, it's a it's a relationship. It's kind of a I know it's the same show every night, but it's never the same show every night. Because the audience laughs at different things on different nights. Different things happen, and it's just wonderful. And then, you know, on camera stuff is so I love too because it's so intimate. Mm And it can be just so uh, small. Everything can be just really, like, really, really vulnerable. It's all vulnerable, but you know what I mean. But um, so, yeah, I'm always just drawn to what's a great story and what's, you know, if if the part I have is helping to. That's why, I mean, I know my part's really small on Catching Fire, but it's like it's such a cool part of the story. You know what I mean? It's such a cool part. Yeah. I love it. So, and I don't believe in, like, small parts. And that's, I've never, like, desired to. I mean, I just, you know, I love to be a series regular on a TV show, but, and I would love to be, you know, the supporting. I've always wanted to be like, well, when I think of templates of, of, uh, of like actors whose careers I really love, like Allison Janney is like my mm-hmm, first. Mm-hmm. God, I love her. And she was older when she got West Wing. And, yep. um, and I just think, and she can do funny and she can do, you know, serious and she's just amazing. But like, I always wanted to be like that. Per- and, and she's not a household name. I mean, she is kind of, I guess, she but is, she's she not. She is now. I mean, more. But she I mean, was on the West Wing for crying out loud. That's so. true. I mean, and she like slammed. Got how many Emmys did she win? A bunch, but um, <laughs> several. But you know, like, but I also like like the idea of like be. I've always want. I think I've said this before. Like, I, I want to be the person in the movie that like comes into the movie for like ten minutes, and you're like, oh my god, I love her. What's her name? I don't. I don't know. What is her? I don't know. But I love she her. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like my, Philip Seymour Hoffman was like that. Like before mm-hmm. Capote, you're like, yeah. oh my god, the redheaded guy, Scotty J. The awkward guy from Boogie Nights. Yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> fucking idiot guy. You know, you're like, oh, I love him. I didn't know he was in this. You know, almost famous. He was in that too. Oh yeah, Lester Bangs. Twister. Twister. Twister yeah. I mean, it goes my, on and on. Our, our buddy Carl uh, bought me a book for I think it was my birthday, maybe two years ago, and it, it's a little book. It's like a little pocket sized book, but it's 
hey, I, I, I think I know that guy or some, yeah, some title like that. Things. And it's literally a book full of all the like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. character actors that you've seen a million In times, everything. but you don't remember their name. Isn't, I think there's a, someone was telling me <laughs> about... Hey, I know that guy. That's what it is. Hey, oh, well, there's a documentary that my friend, some one of my friends was posted on my Facebook wall saying, you should watch this because I've always said I yeah. want to do it. And it's called like The Guy in That Thing. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's, that's what I want to be. <laughs> and then I remember I went to do this workshop out here where they do like a branding kind of like archetype of like what what actors um are you you are you similar to and i remember he assigned me the guy conducting the workshop assigned me all these actresses and i was like who the hell are these women and then i go home and imdb them and they're like exactly what i want they're like <laughs> they have been in everything uh-huh. Uh-huh. everything uh-huh. i'm like i don't i didn't know who it's embarrassing but i didn't know who like thelma ritter was and then i'm like oh my god she's in rear window and uh about last uh, about last night about all about Eve. God, I was like, what? <laughs> that is a very different movie. <laughs> yeah, not the same thing. <laughs> and they had just did a remake of it about last night. Yeah. All about Eve. <laughs> Whole different movie. But um, yeah, so it's just really, that's, that's kind of the template I want. So, but yeah, would I love to be on TV? Yeah. Especially if it's something, you know, really worthwhile, that would be awesome. Cool. Well, I think you're going to end up being a three-part podcast. Oh, my God. I know. Did I totally just talk your head off? Because we're, we're in hour 46 right Shut now. up. Oh, we'll my God. Oh, yeah. You can, like, edit You're going to dominate a week. No, we don't edit. You don't edit we at all? We try oh, okay. not to. Yeah. Um, so you're going to dominate, like, a week. You're going to have a Monday and a Thursday. Yay. Okay. And you guys, we um, I got all the links, right, sent to me and my assistant, right? So Yeah, you'll get everything once we Yeah, we'll done. blast it like crazy for cool. sure. And we'll keep doing that. Like we do is we kind of like we'll blast it for a bit and then like like as it then stop for a minute and then like bring it back. You know, like mm-hmm. girl's got to tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Girl has got to tweet. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what we'll call the episode. Girl's got to tweet. Girl's got to tweet. Gotta exactly. Tweet. Y'all. Y'all. Hey, y'all. Oh, my God, y'all. I, I came. I named it myself. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, thank you so oh, much for this, taking Thank the time. you for having me. This was so much fun, you guys. And we're definitely going to go hiking. Oh, yeah. And go to Disneyland. Yes. yes. And first, we'll be hiking because it'll be May, early yeah. May. And then whenever you guys want to do Disneyland. Oh, we, we, can we do, can you guys do weekdays? Yeah. We generally don't do Disneyland during the summer, though, because there's just not, no point. Okay. Crowds, crowds are like, yeah, we got, are let's go crazy. when there's like not going to be a crowd. Yeah. yeah. So, and we're hitting spring break now, so sometime in May actually probably be a good. That time. sounds awesome. Yeah, we can go for my birthday. There we go. That's yeah. right. Celebrate my birthday and yours with Megan too, Hayes, y'all. And yours too. His yeah. right. And, and my and sister Teresa's yeah. on the twenty fifth. Perfect. His and then a week later's. It's like three weeks in a row of, of, of birthdays. I'm July, but that's a little late in the game to get thrown in there. Well, we'll find something fun to do for your birthday. Okay, great. Yay, you guys! This was so much fun. Plans made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This episode of The Intellectual Podcast has been brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com has over 100,000 titles for you to download and listen to on your iPad, iPhone, Android, or really any mobile MP3 device that you might have. So if you're into audiobooks and you are looking for the absolute best, show your support for The Intellectual by signing up for an Audible trial at audibletrial.com slash T-I-N. That's audibletrial.com slash T-I-N. And show your support for the Intellectual Network by signing up for the free trial 
with audible.com.